Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Hey, Pendergast with you on a Thursday. I'm going to slightly tease ahead to In the Loop. I don't think Landry's a big fan of Sean Payton. Is what I, oh, no, he's not. He's what not. I gathered I his, uh, turn the I break. His U- YouTube on it last night. Oh, you and, did? Okay. Uh, the locker room. And uh, he was down on – he wasn't, like, you know, crushing him or anything. He, just, he was down for a couple of reasons. One of the reasons was he just didn't like – he was skeptical of the fact that Payton had just taken a year off. And like uh, you know, I and I think I don't want to misstate what he was saying, but it, for a 59-year-old guy to take a year off, you can't just blow that off and say, well, you know, uh, like th- that's not how coaches are wired. Why do you need a break when, um, it, like, how much, how much can your heart really be in it? I don't know. I'm uh, the same I'm guy who to... consistently makes fun of people for being hardo, Landry Locker. So, uh, <laughs> Gives give Sean Payton grief. Because he's got millions in the bank and he wants to take a vacation for a year? I, yeah, you know, the the objection I have to that is that I think people do routinely take a year off if they're fired. Like coaches, when they'll have an opportunity, they might get fired and have another opportunity, but they take a year off. So it's not uncommon. I think it's just more uncommon in general for coaches to just step away from a job. Yeah. So it it feels different, but I, in my mind, it's not any different than Tom Coughlin. Tom Coughlin took a year off after he got fired from the Jaguars and ended up uh, winning two Super Bowls with the Giants, you know? Sure. So it was like, and he was, he was old too. How old was Coughlin? Cause Andy Reid is 64 right now. He's been with the Chiefs since uh, 2013, 2013, 2013. Oh, okay. So he's Reed. like 50, he would have been 55 or 50, so yeah. 55 or so yep. uh, when he took that job. Um, you know, Tom Coughlin, I'm guessing when he took the Giants job was somewhere around 60 or so. He took the Giants job in 2004. He was born in 1946. So let's see, 54. He was 58 years old. Yeah, okay. Same. Peyton's 59, I think, right now. I think Coughlin takes better care of himself than Peyton does. Coughlin's never once looked kind of doughy in the face. Like Coughlin, no. as weird as it was for hey. Kevin James to play Sean Peyton... Yeah, I don't think Kevin James would ever play 
Yes. Tom Coughlin for multiple reasons. That's exactly what I was going to say. Who would play Tom Coughlin in a movie? Giants Giants circa Tom Coughlin. Uh, pro- oh, would- Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford, you think, huh? I don't know. I'm just into 1923 right now. I'm just now, trying so to I think of some grumpy. Like I'm thinking like Jason Robards, you know, like from back in Parenthood. You know, I think, you know, like one of... Like one of the two guys who played the Duke brothers in Trading Places. <laughs> you gotta go, uh, <laughs> yeah. Old curmudgeonly guy. Come on, this is a leading role. You can't throw some character actor uh, at I him. know, I know, I, I know. Would say, I'm just, yeah. I'm just thinking of old men off the top of my head. Let's, uh, Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> okay. But he has to act like Hannibal Lecter. That's the rule. He has to change the character. He has to take creative license with the Tom Coughlin character and turn him into a serial killer. That's my Ben Kingsley. What about Ben Kingsley? Ben Kingsley. That's not bad for Tom Coughlin. Not bad. I think Kingsley might be able to do it. Yeah. There's got to be a, there's got to be a website out there where we can put Coughlin's face on one side and it'll spit out what actor he looks like. Yeah. That'd be Morgan Freeman. <laughs> oh, go, yeah. you want to just go ahead and you know just be just. You know, let's 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 test let's test people's let's test people's tolerance. That's right. You know, Their just sensibilities. like let's throw out all the other. You know, it's twenty twenty three, man. Yeah, go Hamilton on this. Yeah, yep. Just uh, let's see. I don't know. I actually don't think Morgan Freeman would be. I don't think he would do a good Tom Coughlin. Morgan Freeman's too likable. I can't remember the last time Morgan. When was the last time Morgan Freeman played like uh, an acerbic, unlikable person? Not that Tom Coughlin's oh. unlikable, unlikable, but I mean, you know, he's got—he's kind of a—he's—he's—he's—he's uh, he's, he's, he's harsh. You I know? can't even think of one. He's always yeah. very, I'm very sure likable in his in his movie of. roles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kingsley, yeah. I think, is the guy. Kingsley's I think a good Kingsley's one. Yeah. The guy. Text in seven one three five seven two four six ten to the trailer wheel and frame text page. Who who would play Tom Coughlin in Seth's screenplay that he's written? Yeah. His movie treatment. It's a big topic this morning. Huge. If you haven't tuned in. This is what we've been talking about for three hours. Yeah. Albert Einstein's letters to his uh, <laughs> disenfranchised wife, <laughs> who he left to marry his cousin, and who would play Tom Coughlin. <laughs> it's not like there's any news going on, like Sean Payton interviewing with the Texans, possibly. Speaking of which, um, here was um, here was Nick Casario at his press conference on Monday, almost sounding like he was preparing for the possibility of interviewing a Coughlin, or not Coughlin, a Peyton-esque character in this whole drama. Candidly and honestly, as we work through this process, and if there's candidates, they feel that, you know, whether or not my position, that, you know, I'm worthwhile to be in my position. If ultimately the best thing for the organization is for me not to be in that position, then, you know, I have to respect that and acknowledge that. And, you know, I'm certainly not above and beyond anything else. So what I've tried to do is just be consistent on a year-to-year basis, try to do what I believe is in the best interest of our team on a year-to-year basis, our organization. And eventually, like at some point, if somebody feels that that's not the direction that we need to go, I respect that. And acknowledge that, and you know that's my responsibility. The only thing that I can do is do the best job that I can, try to make the decisions that I feel make the most sense, and that's what I'm committed to doing. Now, Nick clarified on our show yesterday, and we'll play this audio in a second. But he clarified yesterday that in saying that multiple times, he was just trying to show accountability. He loves his job. He wants to be the Texans GM and so forth. Um, but I'll be honest, Seth, when when he said that a couple times in the in the press conference Monday, Peyton was the name that immediately dropped into my mind as far as, okay, who is a coach that they would hire where they would actually have to alter Nick Casario's role in some way, shape, or form? Because he has final say over all the personnel stuff right now. McLean will tell you it's written into his contract that way, um, that he's got final say over personnel. Peyton does fit that category of someone where it would be 
upheaval may be too strong a word. And as you've pointed out, you think the two could work together really, really well, Casario. Well, I do. Well, and, you know, part of it is, yes, that's written into his contract right now. At one point in time, the Texans had reached out to Nick Casario um, and then were accused of tampering. At that point in time, Bill O'Brien was the head coach of the Texans. So I just – I do wonder – at that point, I just have always assumed, and maybe that's wrong, that Casario was interested at that point since he ultimately ended up coming to the Texans. If he were open to it at that point, I'm guessing he would think that the relationship between him and Bill O'Brien might be perhaps on equal footing, you know, not necessarily a, a GM-dominated relationship. Who knows? But it wasn't – it definitely wouldn't be something where he's calling all the shots. So I'm, I'm not quite so convinced as – most people seem to be that Casario needs and demands total control. I think that's more of an offshoot of, you know, him negotiating the best deal he could when he got here, um, which was in a period of flux, obviously. And that also these last couple hires have been very atypical, um, forced, weird hires. The Cully, the Cully one seemed like a patchwork bridge coach. The Lovey Smith hire was very much a panic hire after they'd been back to the, after they themselves and others had painted them into a corner. Um, so I don't, I don't, I'm not as convinced that he needs to have all this controller power and that he wouldn't feel good about working for, um, you know, a, a coach with a little bit more clout. The other thing too is I think when he was giving that quote about, you know, would step aside or would whatever linkage. When he said if somebody made that decision, I think he was just thinking about Cal and, uh, you know, understanding and uh, acknowledging that Cal has the power here. That's right. Ultimately, if Cal decides that he wants to go with somebody that doesn't like Casario, then what's what's Casario going to do about it? Yep. You just don't necessarily want to explicitly say and put it out in the universe right there. Yeah, you know, and uh, Cal might decide to fire me next week. Ha, 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 ha. And, then, and then Cal gets that look on his face. <laughs> and, you, yeah, good. and you look down at Cal in the front yeah. row, and he's not smiling at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you never want to put the seed in somebody's right, brain. Right. And I feel like he walked it back at, uh, before he went too far with it. I think the sheer number of times he made a reference to something like that Casario did in that press conference on Monday is what is what um, is what was I think interesting to people you know if, if not startling to people I mean Landry ended up asking a question about that the sheer number of times he brought up either a change in role or the elimination of his role Nick Casario um, Casario clarified what he was talking about in that press conference he clarified it on our show yesterday the point I was trying to make is that I'm accountable for the process and I'm going to try to do a better job of setting up and managing that process. So whatever comes along with that. So I think that's the point I was trying to make. I enjoy my job. I love my job. I love being here. We've got a lot of work in front of us. I'm not going to shy away from the work. I've never been afraid to put in the work, but I think the point I was trying to make is just I'm accountable and I understand that I have a lot of responsibility. And quite frankly, I haven't done a good enough job but we're going to look for ways to improve. We're going to look for ways to move this uh, situation forward, and we're excited about the opportunity in front of us. All right, so right now the teams that have requested permission to speak to Sean Payton are the Texans, the Cardinals, and the Denver Broncos. Those, those, those are the three. Um, that, and and there's, that's three of the five. I mean, there's only five openings right now. Um, and um, and there could be more after this first round of playoff games. You know, I think there are a couple teams that, depending on how the team looks in the postseason or how they feel about Sean Payton, could dictate 
whether or not they, they get in on these sweepstakes. Here, Dallas is the one you've brought up multiple times today. That's yeah. an obvious one. Yeah, Dallas, I mean, it's it's no secret that mostly because Florio will never let it be a secret that Jerry Jones loves Sean Payton and at various times has even tried to trade for Sean Payton. So if this, this represents the most potentially real opportunity for him to get it, I don't know if I, – I know that there is speculation that if the Cowboys don't win, then McCarthy is gone. I would go so far as to say if the Cowboys don't win the Super Bowl and Sean Payton is still out there that – Mike McCarthy is gone. I the it's um in particular, especially because Dak. <laughs> if, if you look at the Cowboys right now and ask what's really holding them back, in many respects, it's these curious, uh, weirdly bad stretches that Dak Prescott had. Yeah, yeah. And it, like, okay, Mike McCarthy, who was run out of Green Bay, and then immediately after Mike McCarthy left and a new coach was came in, what happened? Aaron Rodgers became a league MVP again. Aaron Rodgers had been a mediocre quarterback under Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy leaves town. Aaron Rodgers wins the MVP. If you're Jerry Jones, it's hard not to think about what it, what a difference it might make to have Sean Payton in the building um, rather than than uh, the, that crew right there. Yep, um, we're getting some texts on the uh, on the trailer wheel and frame text page about this uh, about this the the Payton news here. Um, this is the first one. This is somebody's take on this, Seth, on the, the interest in Peyton. This is a clown show and a marketing move by Nick Casario. Peyton is not coming here to coach or anything. This is a this is a straight, oh, we going hard now, SMH. Does it be like back when the Astros would entertain free agents or make offers to free agents even though the offers weren't anywhere close? False to- hustle, I believe they call that sometimes. Yeah, yeah we're in this. We're right in this. Right. We, uh, then they, 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 You'd find out later they had offered like $30 million uh, less than the next lowest offer. Right. Uh, is this fake hustle? I don't think so. I think this is. I think this is more like what Daryl Morey used to describe the Rockets doing back in the day when they were still shuffling everything. Yeah. He would describe it as, man, we've got we've got a hundred fishing lines in the ocean, yeah. and we're waiting for two or three of them to get nibbles on them. It's it's interesting because okay, if your perception is that the Texans are lost and have been lost and remain lost, then almost anything they do, you're going to dismiss as, well, they don't really mean it, or oh, they're not really trying. Whereas, let's entertain for a moment. You know, to the person that texted that in, let's entertain for a moment that with Jack Easterby out of the building and with Deshaun Watson gone and perhaps a little bit more normalcy around that the Texans are going to be doing things differently. What else have they done that's so far in this coaching search? What have they done that's a clown show? Or what have they done that's atypical or unorthodox? So far, it's been pretty by the book. These are all bona fide candidates that are on their list. They're putting in requests for guys who are bona fide candidates. So I don't, I don't even understand. I, I, even though this has been well received, if I were the Texans, I'm not even going to look at this like it was would be a good PR move per se. Because ultimately, you know, if you're doing it strictly for PR. It doesn't look great if you go after Sean Payton and he turns you down. Yeah. So, like, I just think it's just it. So far, in this coaching search, everything looks like they're doing it like a normal team might do it, and that's the way I'll proceed until they do something clown showish. This is the advice I would give to people who are trying their best to, you know, get back on board with the Texans or stay on board with the Texans or 
look at this thing as, okay, trying to be optimistic about it moving in the right direction. If you're not part of that group, there's really nothing I can say to you right now that's going to convince you of that, so I'm not going to try to do that. But this is what I would say just as advice in general, and maybe just to analyze the whole thing, look at it this way moving forward. I would look at this franchise now, now that we're a little bit into the period of time since Jack Easterby was fired, I would choose to look at this recent these, these recent years in Texans history through the prism of B.E. and A.E., before Easterby and after Easterby, you know, yeah. or before yeah. BEF, before Easterby's firing and after Easterby's firing. Well, and you know, and I don't, again, I think, yes, I think you're correct, but I think that it also, I don't want to paint it as that it was just Easterby that was the issue. Sure. Easterby was a symptom as much as he was a cause of issues. And I think, like, the very act of hiring and giving as much power as they did for a while to Easterby, that was a symptom, uh, you know, that that ended up causing more issues, too. But it was a symptom of something that was already there, which is that, you know, frankly, I think in the transition of control from Bob McNair to Cal McNair, that's a a pretty dramatic change, even though Cal had been involved. And I know I think John McClain might disagree with me on this somewhat. Yes, Cal had been involved, but that's different than being the ultimate decision maker and the person with almost total control. Um, and I think that in that in that period, yeah, a lot of mistakes were made and things were very much in flux. And one of those big things was the exist the hiring of Jack Easterby, uh, the giving of power to Jack Easterby, and ultimately many of the decisions that were made with his influence leading right up to the brink of hiring Josh McCown. Yep. And all of that. So I think, yeah, Sean, you know what I almost think is, given all of that, instead of before Jack Easterby and after Jack Easterby, I would almost look at the Josh McCown scenario as when Jack Easterby lost a lot of the power he had. Tipping point, yeah. Yeah, and I've I've seen a lot of people that, you know, people who are Easterby truthers that wanted to act like it was overblown. After Easterby was fired, they would say things like, oh, I thought he had all this control and this and that. Yeah, and and the the fact that Josh McCown wasn't hired was like in a lot of ways the moment when a lot of Jack Easterby's influence was stripped from him. Yep, and he became a little bit of a shadow in the building, um, almost to the point where if you were inclined to have sympathy or empathy with somebody who you know basically had the moral fiber of a lizard, um, that you might feel empathy for him, uh, but. But why feel empathy for a lizard? And ultimately, he was gone. Why you got to take shots at lizards, man? Why do you got to? T- <laughs> the lizards just sitting there going, "What do I do?" I- <laughs> <laughs> All right, Payne and Pendergast. I wasn't picking on salamanders. Yeah, <laughs> picking on lizards. Lizards. That's true. Yeah, salamanders are cute for the most part, <laughs> except for the hellbender. Everybody, Google the hellbender. During I will our during next the break. break. Oh my god, hellbender salamander. I feel like. Oh you're- my god! I found out these this creature lives in creeks and ponds up near where my wife grew up, and I almost I almost had to leave her because of it. Say what you will about our show, but I promise you, you come away with at least one or two educational nuggets per day because of Seth. Albert Einstein's letters, the machine gun thing with World War One you were talking about earlier this week, that was good stuff. Uh, so, um, so this is where I tell you, have your kids listen to this show. They're going to they're come away much more educated. They may use the word bitch a lot more, but they're going to be super educated in the process. I'm trying to stop that. Hold on a second, Sean. I got a picture of the hellbender salamander Okay. Oh my God. That's a, that's not a, that's a snake. Holy smokes. Not even a snake. It's like a big slug of a snake. It looks like, it looks like something else. 
Oh, I boy. wish. Think <laughs> <laughs> takes up two hands. <laughs> All right, Payne and Pendergast. And Sean, Payne and Pen- yeah, for some, you were for some, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's not an Irish salamander, I can tell you that. All right, <laughs> All right, Payne and Pendergast with you on a Thursday. DeAndre Hopkins, he may be on the move again. It feels like Groundhog Day with DeAndre Hopkins. Where are the places DeAndre Hopkins? wants to go to could he be back in our lives twice a year that is next you could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe visit hyundaiusa.com for more details hyundai there's joy in every journey selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is their to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow grow with shopify sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 610 presents... Payne and Pendergast. Payne and Pendergast with you on a Thursday. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Rumor has it that DeAndre Hopkins could be on the move again. He's got a couple years left on his deal. Reportedly, he wants a new contract. We've heard this before back in 2020. Um, I personally think Bill O'Brien wasn't a huge DeAndre Hopkins fan either. That may have factored in. But he did get a new deal when he got to Arizona. It's already been three seasons that he's been there. Here is the uh, here's a little bit from the Burns and Gambo show on Arizona Sports Radio on where DeAndre Hopkins may end up getting moved to. He says the team is looking into trading wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins, and Michael Bidwell plans to make this clear during general manager interviews. Hey, this is our plan. Tell me how you're going to execute it sort of a thing. That'd be an interesting report if it is, in fact, true, Gamble. Yeah, I'm being told that Hopkins prefers to get to go to either the Jaguars or the Chargers. The interesting thing is that both of those guys have, you know, have, have wide receivers under big contracts, including the Jags and Christian Kirk. 
but the, the top two destinations for him, Jacksonville to play with Peterson and Lawrence, and, and then the Chargers, you know, obviously chance to play with Justin Herbert. He looks as those at those as good possibilities to go play. Um, yeah, and I guess immediately with immediately the connection with Jacksonville is Trevor Lawrence. Um, Clemson, you know, the, yeah, yeah. These Clemson guys are tight, man. Yeah, it's uh, ACC. They can get those ACC chants going in the stadium. Would you like going against a team twice a year that has DeAndre Hopkins on it? Would that be fun? Yeah, I think so. I think that's you know DeAndre is you know obviously has the capability of hurting you. Um, but it's not, it's not the same as like a game wrecker. A quarterback really is the only, a quarterback's the only position where I'm going to just, uh, really not want to face twice a year. Um, but I also like, I mean, I, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but when you used to bring up whether or not the Texans should trade Deshaun to Indy, I, I said, bring it on. Um, I, I kind of like, I kind of like relished the the thought of that. Then it's like you either gotta you either gotta step up or you're gonna get just a hundred percent humiliated twice a year. I don't think you've um, ever been moved by the can't trade a guy in the division thing. By my no, knowledge. no, yeah, no, yeah. no. Now it helps if you're like you know if you're the Patriots and you're tra- and you're trading to the Bills, then eh, you got a little bit more panache to you. But yeah, I don't. I think that you got to do what's right for your team. That was Daryl Morey's strategy and philosophy yeah. was always not don't worry about who you're trading to just make your team better and because if the goal is to be the best team in the league you really you really shouldn't be you know petrified of a team in your division if your ultimate goal is to be the best team in the league I think on the surface you know this is without looking at the Jags draft capital that they have or looking at their cap because um, they spent a ton of money last year so I don't know what their cap situation is but I do know Trevor Lawrence is on a rookie deal for at least two more years and then he's got the fifth-year option. My guess is Lawrence will get an extension at some point. But he's on his rookie deal right now. And, yeah, they've got Christian Kirk on a deal, but it's not a it's not a Devontae Adams-Tyreek Hill deal. It was a deal that just looked a little too big for Christian Kirk. I think Christian Kirk is, was like four years, 72 mil, something like that. It was, a, it was an overpay like that they had to do for a good receiver. Like I think it's been a good signing I for do, them. too. But it's not one that where you would say, well, you're too heavily loaded at wide receiver if you bring in DeAndre Hopkins. The big issue, the big issue, and again, you know, not to, not to approve of that deal or trade or anything, but the issue is that Hopkins wants a new contract. Yes. So it would be one thing if Hopkins just wanted to come in and play out the two years of his contract and be a free agent, but he likely is looking at this as his last chance at a big deal because yep. he's 30. He is. He's set to make $19 million this year and 14, almost $15 million in base salary over the next, so $34 million over the next two years. But obviously he's been paid signing bonuses and restructure bonuses, and, and I mean, there's a lot of dead money on his contract right now. I think with Clemson, he's probably thinking of it the same way uh, that he was with, with Deshaun. And, and it reminds me of a story Andre has told, Andre Johnson has told about when DeAndre was a young guy as a rookie. DeAndre used to just, you know, in the meetings be just <laughs> – Andre does it great with his with, with his voice, but basically, DeAndre would always just be saying things like, "I don't know, why don't they just throw it up? Why don't they just throw it up to him? What, what's going? Just throw it up to him. Just throw it up to him." That was DeAndre's that was DeAndre's answer for everything. Just throw it up to him. So I think which he had a little bit of that relationship with Deshaun, where Deshaun trusted. You know, DeAndre learned you know the nuances and how you can yeah you can just throw it up to him, but you got to set it up properly. Um, and 
And I think that's probably what he envisions with Trevor Lawrence is that you can get back to a little bit of that uh, that that freewheeling, improvisational, uh, just throw it up to DeAndre Hopkins style. The contract is the issue because by the time I mean DeAndre's thirty years old now, you know, so he's yeah. he's at that age. I think his game ages pretty well. You know, I I thought when he came Antoine back, Bolden like yeah, I, I think when he came back from the PED suspension, he played really good football, and he was on down the stretch. He was on a team with just horrible quarterback play because Kyler Murray was out, and it was Colt McCoy, and then it was uh, whoever I forget who their third stringer is there. Uh, Blow, uh, David Blow is B L O U G H. I forget how no, you pronounce the old it. old wasn't it with uh, something? Yeah, yeah, that, that's the guy. We um, nailed it. So, um, so yeah, we'll see where Hopkins. Chargers and Jags are the two rumored places. Anquan Bolden was the guy that they would make the comp to when DeAndre Hopkins was younger, before he separated himself from Anquan Bolden, because Anquan Bolden was a super strong dude that could win contested uh, battles and never wasn't going to beat you with his speed, but he was just so damn good at the physical side of the game. You know, DeAndre became an Anquan Bolden plus, but Anquan Bolden played until he was 36 years old yep and you know his last productive season was when he was 35 he had he played in 14 games had 69 receptions for 789 yards that's pretty damn Um, good yeah so I mean you could you could for you could forecast at least several more pretty pretty damn good seasons out of DeAndre. of course if you're paying DeAndre what he thinks he's worth in at age 35 and he's getting 769 yards he's probably overpaid (laughs) I guess is DeAndre still looking to get that as you said that one last big Payday. Larry is in Stafford, once in on the uh, last 9-1. There we go. Larry in Stafford. What's going on, Larry? Hey, what's going on, Sean? Says, hey, a uh, couple things I want to get into real quick, and, I, and I'll try to tie it all together. Um, on the Texas current list of coaching and the coaching searches, you know how I know that it's a good, good uh, list and they're doing it? the way that the fans can finally start realizing that maybe this team isn't just a circus. I haven't just started laughing out loud yet. I mean, I haven't seen a David Cully reference or a Josh McNown on the list or nothing like that. And the fact that they're going after guys that have experience and the fact that Sean Payton is on the list, even though I know there's no way in hell he's going to come to Houston, the fact that he's on the list gives me a, 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 a ray of hope that they finally decided that they have just moved on from wanting to be a laughing stock. Because when you get these quality of guys on there, whether it's Ben Johnson or D'Amico, Sean Payton, all these guys on there, now you're telling people that you're serious about being tired of losing. <clears throat> when, when they heard, uh, when they went after David Cully, the very first time I heard his name, I said, "Who in the hell is David Cully?" I, I, I had David Cully had been in the years twenty plus in the league twenty plus years, and I had never heard David Cully's name once. And then the whole thing with Lovey, when when Lovey got got hired, we know all the situations with all of that, man. But it, we thought that Lovey and Pep was going to come over there and do some things. And Lovey blew his opportunity the first game when he went for a tie in the Indianapolis Colts game at home. And, and I'm sitting there thinking, why would you do that? I mean, you don't have anything to lose. And so it just spiraled downhill from that. So this is a serious coaching list. We don't need Corn Ferry. We don't need no other body to come over there and, and, and analyze this or whatever. Nick needs to get his ass in the room and get the guy that's going to put this 
want to tell you, uh, ask you to do this little exercise. From this is, tomorrow is the five year anniversary of Bill O'Brien and Brian Gaines getting those massive contracts from Cal McNair. Oh. Five years ago, in January. If you go and look and just do the research, I think Cal McNair has paid over two hundred million dollars in salary in the last five years over people that they've gotten rid of from Bill O'Brien, Brian Gaines, Alto Gary, Emmett Baylor, Jamie Roots, to everybody on Bill O'Brien's coaching staff, to everybody on Curly's coaching staff, and now to everybody on Levy's coaching staff. I know Hannah got a problem with that because she dressed real fine, fella John. <laughs> Thanks, Larry. Appreciate that. I had never thought of the other salaries that they paid on the way out for people either. Yeah. Yeah, it's all the staff that they bring with them that other guys want to swap out, you know. I mean, remember when all Rick Smith's guys got fired for yeah. Brian Gaines guys? Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of – that adds up. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. 200000 here, 200000 there. Dude, it adds <laughs> up when you it do adds it up. adds up when you do it once. They've done it three times, you know, at least. (laughs) So each of those times you got guys who are making, you know, 100, 200, 300,000 a year uh, that that get swapped out. Yeah, it's a big deal. All right, (laughs) final segment coming up. Seth, I think we've got some good suggestions for who would play Tom Coughlin in the Tom Coughlin movie that you've written the script for and are sending your treatment to Hollywood oh, producers. Oh, okay. We've got them on the trip. Yeah, yeah, on the trip. Uh, Netflix. I'm not, I don't even know where uh, Netflix is based. I'm just sending it to Netflix. Right, That's where right. The money's at the, that's where the easy money's at. The it's a virtual days, so. Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, um, so we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll get to some of these are funny. Uh, so we'll get to those suggestions. We'll find out what the guy's got going on, on uh, in the loop. John Lopez will jump in with us, Landry Locker. And uh, we'll find out what they've got going on on their show. Starting at 10 o'clock today, you are listening to Payne and Pendergast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, for so, I don't know how we landed on it, but we landed on Tom Coughlin, Steph's former head coach, and somehow we landed on trying to cast somebody to play Tom Coughlin. Oh, it's because you talked about Kevin James playing Sean Payton. Playing Sean Payton. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then, like, you could get away... I was talking about, okay, here's a quick recap. Here's your Sean Payton talk for the moment. 
Sean Payton is 59 years old. Uh, Landry has uh, an issue with that. I said we ended up bringing up that Tom Coughlin was 58 years old when after he had taken a year off after getting fired from the Jaguars and went up to took the job in New York, he went on to win two Super Bowls. So I don't feel like 59 is old enough to be a barrier. Uh, but then we talked about the fact that Kevin James – Tom Coughlin is in better shape than – than Sean Payton. Yes. Like, Kevin James couldn't get away with playing Tom Coughlin. Right, in the movie. right. But who could? Who could? Well, here's some suggestions. Tom Hanks. Oh, yeah, yeah, with the right makeup and everything. And yeah, kind of, yeah. I yeah, think Tom I can Hanks can play almost anybody. Well, Tom Hanks, it would be like a sober version of what he played in A League of Their Own. Yeah. You know, like yeah. a sober, older version, like a cantankerous old ball coach. Yep. Um, J- Michael Beckman suggested J.K. Simmons. Okay. Okay. Because, you know, Coughlin's kind of yoked. I remember I used to live next to Coughlin, and um, by accident, I bought a, the realtor said that Tom Coughlin lived on this street. And uh, the day that we pulled in with our moving truck, Judy Coughlin, who, who was just awesome, she was an awesome lady, she was like, hey, Seth. She was in the driveway. I said, wait, where's your guy's house anyway? And she said, it's that one looming over you right there. It's, uh, Tom can see into your backyard. Dude, did you want to sell your house on the spot right there? No, no, no. Because this was long. This is after I had retired from oh, football okay. and everything. Okay. I didn't, it wasn't a big deal. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Okay. So, but but anyway, Coffin went out running. He was walking out to the beach one morning. My mom was visiting, and she was sitting out on our porch. And uh, and she's like, "Oh, that's nice." Tom's Tom's going out for a walk on the beach. Coughlin rips his shirt off and just starts trucking on down the beach, running his seven-minute miles in the sand. And, and, he uh, and my mom was impressed. Turned and looked yeah. at your mom and did that thing that muscular people do where they make their pecs jiggle up and down on command. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Left, yeah. right, left, right, left, right. Um, I thought you were saying I thought you were saying my mom turned to him and made her boobs No, that's not what I said. Like, Sean, I very clearly ass didn't right say here. that. I'll do some would, blood on the walls. I would yeah. never say that about your mom. Um so uh, J.K. Simmons was another. J.K. Simmons. We're get, I'll, I'll tell you the ones we're getting multiple of on the text page. On the I'm sorry, oh, on the God. trailer wheel and frame uh, text page. A lot of Clint Eastwood on the trailer wheel and frame text page. Oh yeah. Yep. Clint Eastwood. Does he act anymore? Didn't he officially retire from acting? I don't know. He's I mean, in he'd like come his, back to play Tom Coughlin. He's in yeah. like his like late eighties now. He's old. It wouldn't be yeah because we need to we need a seventy year old Tom Coughlin yep. or a sixty year old Tom Coughlin, not a. Yeah. I'm sure John Lopez has thoughts, which we'll get to in just a second on this topic. But just a few more texts here, real quick. Um, Craig T. Nelson, he's played. Oh, yeah. He's played multiple football coaches before. He's played multiple coaches, and he yeah he could do that. Uh, his his character from it would be more like the coach from uh, All the Right Moves. Yes, more so than the Nickerson. coach from Coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah Nickerson. Um, Nickerson, you are not God. You're just a typing teacher. That's Tom Cruise. A um, uh, couple more um, of uh, who would play Tom Coughlin in the uh, Seth Payne Tom Coughlin movie. Kevin Costner's character in Yellowstone. So John Dutton. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like the Dutton Grumpy version of Duttons. Costner. Yeah, yeah. I've been enjoying watching the Duttons get progressively grumpier through the decades <laughs> and centuries. And the- <laughs> Yes, like, boy. These guys that had it the roughest were actually pretty cool dudes. Right. But then, like little fancy lad, rich kid John Dutton is the biggest wench of them all. Right. Right. Yeah. His iPhone's not working, and he's really mad. Yeah. And, you know. I don't even have a helicopter anymore. This is the worst. <laughs> right. The worst. Sean Connery. Freaking wimp. Whining. Sean. Sean. Sean Connery for Tom Coughlin. That would be a good one. Sean yeah. Connery, oh, but Sean. he can't change his accent. He has to talk like Sean Connery. 
has to speak of that. that Eli Manning, yeah. what is this? What is this you're doing, Eli Manning? Oh, why did well, you, you throw that ball to Tyree? Well, how about Sean Connery, the the uh, the lesser, and go with Liam Neeson? Oh, that'd be good too. That'd be good. Those guys are both a little too big to be Coughlin. Yeah, well, you're gonna have to take. Any some other, you know what? Any one of them. I'm still. You know what? Now I'm angry. You know what? Because you know what they just made me think of the fact that Philip Seymour Hoffman was cast as Art Howe right. in Moneyball, like the worst miss, like insult of a miscasting ever. Yeah. Um, Gary Busey. Gary Busey. Gary Busey. Gary Busey. <laughs> <laughs> Is he alive? I don't know. Barely, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, someone says Gilbert Gottfried. He is not alive. He passed in 2022. No. <laughs> oh, he did, didn't he? Yeah, he oh did. Oh, my God. They didn't even put him on list. Why did you throw it up? <laughs> Can you imagine? Did he die in 2022? He did. He did. He died last year. Age 67. He wasn't on any of the lists that I saw. N- really? No. I'm pretty That's sure. That's weird. I'm going to look it up. As we welcome- I did it. No, Sean, what do you think I did with John Harris while you were gone? We didn't do any actual topics. <laughs> oh, that's right. You we, did uh, celebrity deaths. <laughs> Yeah, the I, I aristocrats. Try, try <laughs> <laughs> yeah, April twelfth, twenty twenty two, age sixty seven. Gilbert, I would have guessed way over mentioned. on sixty seven. By yeah. the way, yeah. Hi, John. I got the answer. Okay, the answer. Who would play Tom Coughlin in the Hollywood Tom Coughlin? Ben movie? Kingsley. That was the first one oh, that yep, came that up in my... the previous. Segment. Oh, is that right? Yep. yep okay. Yep. Ben That's Kingsley looks like him. That's good. Well, you're validating the because uh, uh, we felt strongly about Kingsley as well. So you're yeah. smart. Okay. So I missed that. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, previous segment. Okay. That's, that's yeah, okay. Ben Kingsley looks like him. Yeah. Uh, I, I like that. I, I think, like this game. You think he does look like him, huh? Yeah. I just looked uh, on the Google images. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, look at him. I mean, yeah, he does look a little. Kind of looks like. Yeah, a little bit. Does Ben Kingsley? Does he do any roles where he wears a wig at all? Or is he always That's just a great bald? question. I've only seen him bald. So, yeah, I, yeah I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure. I will be wearing that hat. Dude, how old do you think? A texter just texted this in. i got to fact check this. How old do you think Clint Eastwood is? I think he just turned 90, didn't he? Because I saw a quote from him uh, about working out, and it's yeah. one of my favorite quotes. He goes, in my, in my 30s, I worked out to impress the girls. In yeah. my 50s, I worked out to stay in shape. In my 70s, I worked out just so I could live it a little longer. And in my 90s, I'm working out out of spite. Oh, yeah, to show <laughs> off, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's 92. Um, yeah, that's one of my favorite quotes, yeah. <laughs> just out I've of just, spite. I've just scanned movie posters from about 30 Ben Kingsley joints, and the only one where I can see him wearing a wig is when he played Moses in 1995's Moses. Oh, see, oh, so I think they should have taken creative it. liberties there. Yeah. Just made him bald, bald Moses. It, it does because I can't. I, I'm looking at Moses, and all I'm seeing is Ben Kingsley wearing a wig. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think they should have just let him be bald. Let him be yeah. bald, man. Let him be bald. You know, you're out in the desert. What do you bring with you? A canteen and a razor. Mm-hmm. That's what you bring with you. Mm-hmm. So, how you doing, John? I am doing uh, too good. I'm, I, too I, I, good. Any better would be illegal. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm doing fantastic. I'm um, happy. I'm healthy. Uh, I'm gonna fight with Landry Locker a little bit. So oh, that's, that's okay, good. so it's a, so it's, it's a, basically it's, Thursday. It's a great. Is it day. over Whatever. Sean Payton? Yes, yes. He's a Landry is uh, notably down on Sean Payton. I think I, I think I think lukewarm is a bit of better. Okay. He doesn't necessarily want it, but in different situations uh, he might be down with it. Uh, but yeah, yeah, but sometimes Land sometimes Landry being just kind of underwhelmed by somebody is like the most vicious. It's like, it, it feels, well, that's what we're hoping it for. Feels, it feels uh, aggressive. That's yeah, what, That's what we're hoping for. This is my – when we see news like Peyton yesterday, when that came down, that came down right after your show was over. Correct. Right? That they were, Correct. So, so when that comes down, 
I always I, I try to have like a self-assessment of my enthusiasm and ask myself, okay, I'm enthusiastic about this right now. Am I enthusiastic because I think it would be fun to cover and talk about on the radio? Mm-hmm. Or am I enthusiastic because I think it's the best thing for the team? The, you know, the media yes. member and the fan, I think it's yes to both. For yeah, me. I think the answer is yes. I I, I, I am a, is the right pronunciation flummoxed? Flummoxed? Flummoxed. 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 Yeah. flummoxed I am yeah. flummoxed yeah. at anybody, anyone who wouldn't want this. Yeah. Well, prepare to be flummoxed in this studio for the next <laughs> four hours. Flummoxed my ass off over here. Landry just, walked, Landry just walked behind John and did that thing where he, he takes points down at himself. <laughs> this guy. John's talking. This guy. John's like talking. On the, he's like on The Voice. You know, right. he's, what's his name on The Voice? Yeah. <laughs> Who's got two thumbs and hates Sean Payton? <laughs> this guy. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you guys got going on on the show, besides uh, from fighting? Uh, that? Uh, yeah, we might just have to take off our shirts and just start fighting. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know who I give the advantage to in that case. Oh, I fight dirty. <laughs> I was talking about the aesthetic advantage. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know who looks uh, better. Right, a kneecap off? <laughs> <laughs> That's Aggie right there. That's an Aggie right there. It is. <laughs> it's what we do. Yeah. It's yep. what we do. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we got, we, we've got uh, all of that, and uh, certainly, you know, um, other candidates are interviewing, so we'll be yeah, talking about yeah. that. Yeah, have we seen anybody new today? As I've, I've well, I think somebody's in town today. Um, oh. Johnson, right? Oh. Is it Johnson? Ben Johnson. Yeah, ben Johnson's yeah. here today. Oh, yeah. Sean, I meant to mention that too. Not in town. I think ago. you can't there do it in some... person until the 17th. It's Zoom, isn't it? I think he uh, could do it in person. He could do it in person? Yeah. Okay. It's You have teams that are in the playoffs or oh, otherwise. Oh, Zoom. Okay, like, okay, okay. Or, yeah, Peyton. Why is Peyton's delayed, Landry? Is that... Uh, I have no idea. He's probably okay. trying to set up other uh, leverage to go to Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, he's waiting. Yeah. Yeah, he just wants the Jags to win so he can uh, use the Texans to uh, up the price Get in more Los money Angeles. from the Spanos yeah. family. Yeah, yeah, and then if the Cowboys lose, then it gets real interesting for him. He's basically got two Oof. teams bidding for him, Man, and he's yeah. freaking eBay. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, fellas, have a good show. Thank you, sir. Uh, Seth, antibodies to you. Antibodies and all of the acting roles. The hoodwink salamander or whatever that is. All of those. Uh, the hellbender, hellbell, hellbender salamander. That's Ed Lopez, look it up and tell them that that's what they pull up on their hooks every now and then when you're 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 fishing in a creek in <laughs> Portville, New York. We're it's, done. Freak you out. <laughs> We're out. Freak of, you out. We're out of time. We'll see you all tomorrow. Wow, it just did. Six a.m. Have a great day, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 